welcome to the Damp Detectives podcast, investigating the causes of and the solutions to damp and mould in your home. Right, I'm here today with Robert Horn, who's the Managing Director of Damp Detectives. And we're going to be discussing something which you might perceive as being a dry subject, but the ironical thing about it is that it's damp that we're going to be talking about. So, Robert, over to you. I mean, I've got a whole list of questions here, but I'm sure you'd like to preface it. Well, I mean, the first one, basically, the question that's banded backwards and forwards to me is a kind of a statement that there are so many statements out there that everyone thinks is true, but isn't really scientifically true at all. Mm-hmm. So one of them, of course, is condensation is normally caused by warm air hitting a cold surface. Well, you may have noticed or you may not notice when you're watching David Attenborough on his wild subjects, when they're talking about Antarctica, there's no condensation at all. Um, <laughs> and you might consider that's a cold surface out there. And, <laughs> yeah. and basically, it's because the air is bone dry. On the other hand, you could be going and having a Turkish bath somewhere down the road in your gym, and you'll be there at 40 degrees centigrade, and condensation is streaming down the walls. Now, you can't say that 40 degrees centigrade walls are actually cold surfaces. So the elephant in the room is the amount of moisture physically in the air. And that's the thing that creates the condensation. So there's a lot of little sayings going on, but they're not quite true. And therefore, this causes a lot of problems. There's a multi-million pound industry working on these kind of sayings. But at the same time, they're not 100% accurate. So that's the reason why that one isn't true. (laughs) <laughs> right now i get it. and i totally get that from using the steam room at my gym oh yeah uh, knowing about that you know yeah. as you say it's, it's quite hot in there but the walls are literally streaming yeah i had a haircut yesterday the really? chap who yeah the chap who, he actually cut it a bit too short <laughs> but he doesn't normally cut my hair but i told him i was doing this talking about the damp yeah and he launched into this slight passive aggressive thing about damps everywhere the southwest is damp it's one of the dampest places in the country you should move because you can't do anything about damp it doesn't matter whether you've got the windows open closed we've got air bricks it doesn't matter it's just going to be damp i just nodded because you don't <laughs> want to antagonize somebody being passive aggressive yeah, with a very just, sharp pair of scissors too right so, might just cut your throat <laughs> but yeah well he could have he had that look in his eye but, i mean tell me no that's not right it's, it's not it's right it's a perception that the southwest is incredibly damp yes and we seal up our homes yes because of the weather ah but you just said so, the word seal up your homes this basically goes back from 1970 and we can't blame a particular government in fact if we wanted to blame somebody we could actually go back to queen victoria's time okay when they started inventing cavity walls so the point is houses are damp for a reason they're not built damp the house that i live in right now is a little victorian house that was built in the 1890s when i moved in i could see that somebody had done a bit of damp proofing to fix it it cost me 50 quid i went up the road to the local building merchants Got a bit of piping, resolved the issue myself, and I've never had a problem since. And the crazy thing about my house, which is only a little three-bedroom terrace job, is the fact that we cook, breathe, shower, do everything with our windows closed. We even dry clothes in the house on radiators. Now, okay, I do one or two little things, but the house is able to breathe. And you've just said that we seal up our houses. Mm. So from the 70s... 
we started to seal up our houses and we've sealed them up more and more and more. And I think this is a total misinterpretation of what the government and saving our carbon emissions and saving the planet is all about. Because saving the planet and cutting our carbon emissions was simply to use less energy so that we didn't produce as much pollution from coal-fired power stations, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we're using less energy, and so we start putting insulation in. Now, insulation is great, but insulation only does one thing. It insulates. Many people are told that if they actually put in insulation, maybe they're told that their house is cold because they haven't got insulation, and their insulation will warm up their house. Well, it won't, because it's not an electric blanket. You don't plug it in. Insulation is used on a fridge to keep the fridge cold. And if you put insulation in a house, if you don't warm the house up, it will stay cold because it insulates. And therefore, it can be really hot outside, but it can be cold inside because the house is being insulated. So there's a lot of things going on here where people, we're talking about the professionals here, we're talking about the people who put the insulation in, we're talking about the architects who design the houses, we're talking about loads of professionals who are missing the point and as a consequence of trying to keep our houses warm, we have set up a series of events that now makes our houses wetter. And that's actually the issue. And is that the issue in that it's the sealing up that is doing this? Absolutely. And so are we talking that you should have the windows open more often? Look at the the irony. Air bricks. um, (laughs) Look at the irony of it. We seal up our houses and then we start putting in extractor vans and we start saying, oh, you must shower with your windows open. Because your house is sealed up. Okay, well, hang on a minute. Why don't you just take the shower and put it in the back garden and have it out there? Then you won't get condensation. You know, it's crazy that you have a house and that you physically can't wash, sleep, breathe, have a glass of wine in front of the telly, do the things you normally do without having problems in your house. To me, that's not a habitable house. That's not even a habitable flat. You know, there's something wrong. If you imagine cooking your breakfast in the morning and you put a saucepan on the cooker, and say you're boiling your cabbages or whatever, it starts to boil, you put a lid on it. Now, as the air in the saucepan warms up, so it takes more water out of the vegetables and so it builds up pressure. What happens? The lid starts to lift and the lid will lift until the pressure is released and then the lid drops back down again. Yep. Well, that is a very simple version of what's happening in your house. <laughs> so the point is, you seal your house up, you will simply have a build-up of pressure in your house that can't be released. Then you get condensation and you get mould. Now, all you've got to do... And I call these safety relief valves, and they're not valves at all. But basically, (laughs) you need the ability to release pressure in your house. And there are ways, it's to do with the loft, it's to do with the subfloor under the wooden floor, things like that. Those are ways that you release the pressure. And so all these houses that were built 100 years ago, they were built very well, and they used to release the pressure. They used to do it through chimneys. And then we came along and we sealed up the chimneys. Yeah, we said, oh, yes. let's just seal up the chimney because that's letting the warm air out. Oh, it's a load of rubbish. <laughs> what it's doing is letting the pressure out. So, <laughs> See, it makes perfect sense. You're describing my flat, which is an Edwardian flat, not 
unlike your home. And that's exactly what's happened. There are no air bricks. They actually put the fascia of an air brick on. Right. But that was to trick me because I'm not a builder when (laughs) I moved it. It doesn't go right through the wall. Right. I mean, how cynical is that? Yeah. But also the upstairs ripped out the chimney because it was in the way of what they wanted to be the kitchen, which, of course, sealed my chimney. Yes. So my flat is, as you say, when it was built, all those releases were there. Yeah, absolutely. Built into it. Yes. We have systematically blocked everything up. We just just sealed it up. Perfect sense. If only the government would understand that insulate doesn't mean seal. Yeah, you know, they're two different words. I get but it. But it's gently evolved into sealing up. And we'll get brand new houses. People will move into absolutely brand new houses. And within six months, they're going, I've got mould everywhere. I've got silver fish. I've got slugs. I've got this. I've got oh. that. They're all coming into my house. <laughs> well, slugs are very, very particular things. They will not come into a dry house. <laughs> They'll only come in where there's damp. And the great thing about slugs and snails, and I apologise if everybody's having their breakfast, <laughs> is that they use the moisture in the fabric of the building to glide. That makes them lazy. They don't have to secrete any kind of thing to slide on. They can glide on the damp air, which is right along the surface of the damp fabric of the building. Oh. So they will stop when they get to dry building work and then they curl back and go back again. So you can walk into a house and you can tell exactly where the damp is. Can you go, oh, look, a snail came in here and he walked across the area, he hit some dry stuff and he walked back. And he went back. So he's telling me, that snail is telling me exactly where the damp, where is, the damp is and what the limit of the damp is, you know, without it you using tells meters. tells me exactly where the damp is in my kitchen now. It's, <laughs> it's behind the sink because... Ah. So slug trail yeah. that you get. Yes. <laughs> and sorry if you're having a breakfast, as we, ju- <laughs> as we just said. But it's exactly what you say. Yeah. When they come out and yeah. hit the dry floor, yeah. they then retreat. That's right. Because, because it's too it's much like hard wall. work. It's the outer wall behind yeah. my sink, yeah. which is damp. Yes. Now, you see, the point is, it's an ideal condition for them to live in. We all like, us as humans, like a nice, warm, dry house. Yep. A slug likes a nice moist area that's his ideal condition Mm. and lots of people think okay i've got to stop them coming in because maybe they're coming in for food or maybe they're coming in for something else so i'm going to block up all these holes well slugs can constrict themselves in all sorts of ways so they but the the quickest way of stopping a slug coming in is finding what's causing your damp stopping it getting it dry, the moment it gets dry, the slug will go round to his mates going, oh, don't go into number 10, mate. They've dried it all up. Dries a bone. Oh, it's terrible. We'll have to go to number 12. In the desert, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Number 12 is really Go to the (laughs) neighbour. And I'll tell you what I did that, again, is exactly this, what you say. Why I haven't got slugs now is because I became aware that it was damp, really wet. And a builder came round and said... Whoever did your flat up, this is 15-odd years ago, they built the concrete path in my yard and they went over the damp course. Yes, so they made the wall damp. That is what's making... And so he tanked it. You obviously know about tanking. I know what tanking is. I'd never heard of tanking. And it's they drill down (laughs) and form a gutter below 
Oh, the well, course. Yes, that's not tanking it, but that's brilliant. They drilled down for the gutter below. That, the, he went below the dam yep. course, filled it with gravel. Yep, that's brilliant. And it has dried out. Yep. And they haven't got any slugs. There you are. You see, it's a fine example of what you're talking about. There's nothing complicated about damp. If you have any questions or queries for future podcasts, then you can email robert at dampdetectives.co.uk and you could be part of the next show. The Damp Detectives podcast, investigating damp and mould in your home. The irony about damp is that water is our main element for which we have life and everything on this planet. The irony about it is water can be lovely stuff that we drink, lovely stuff that we can wash in, swim in, lovely. But if we hit it at 50 mile an hour, it'll kill us. And if it freezes inside our wall, it will split the wall apart. And if it moves rapidly, it will demolish, it will erode. Concrete is a lovely target for water because concrete gets eroded away. It may take it a few years. Yes. I mean, to us, 10 minutes is nowadays... If somebody hasn't delivered our parcel on time and it's 10 minutes late, to us the world has come to an end. But as far as water's concerned, 20 years of gently rolling across concrete, say in a chimney breast or something like that, you can take out all the mortar, you can work out a nice little channel. We go to Niagara Falls to look at the power of water and to see how it digs out how it smooths the stones how it creates its own valley the power of water is phenomenal we've got exactly that coming off our roof our roof will produce about a ton thousand liters of water every time it rains this comes hurtling down down the drain pipe going down towards the ground and this is a classic example the victorians made the great big pipes out of cast iron brilliant not a problem so they make these pipes out of cast iron but cast iron gets eroded by water so the water comes down at fair speed and at the bottom in the ground is a 90 degree bend cast iron 90 degree bend which then takes the water away into the drain so you'll see lots of houses in your street where you can see that the cast iron pipes have been taken away and they've been replaced by plastic But that little 90 degree bend at the bottom, just below the surface, is probably still cast iron. And it now looks like a vegetable colander full of holes. And a thousand litres comes hurtling down that pipe. And 50% of it goes towards the drain. And 50% of it goes into your house. (laughs) Because That's an eye opener, isn't it? Because the guys who are fixing the pipe didn't bother to look. It didn't work on them that the fact that if that's cast iron, the rest of it's going to be cast iron. No, they get down as far as the ground, chop it off, and stick plastic out on. Out of sight, out of mind. Yes, but they don't fix the problem. All they've got to do is replace that 90-degree bend and fixed. Yeah. And so many houses we go to who have problems in their front lounges right in the corner behind the telly, we get terrible damp, terrible mould there, and there's a downpipe coming down there right in that corner. Nine times out of ten, that's what the problem is. That's interesting. But it's simple. It's simplicity yeah. in itself. I think I need to check. <laughs> I need to check a downpipe because I had damp coming in through where the cable entered behind the telly, as yes. you said. Yes. And there was damp. They've just replaced all the doings of the cable, the entry point, everything. And I think it might be banging your head against a brick wall in that what they haven't done is got to the root of the problem, yeah. which is probably what you've just said. Yes is the downpipe outside. 
It may well they be. They just said, oh, the damp is coming in through the hole yeah, well, where the cable comes in. Wouldn't be that much. Well, exactly. Yeah. Oh. But there you go, you see. Oh, it's... dear. <laughs> <laughs> you just depressed me. I thought it had all been fixed. They're very simple to put right, these things. Robert, returning to the principal thing of condensation, yeah. something I've been told is that when I shower, because I only have a wet room, which yeah. is a shower, I don't yes. have a bath, yeah. that when I shower, I should leave the windows open and the doors shut. <laughs> I love that, it. It seems a perceived reaction. Yeah. But is that even remotely true? Well, the point is, it's the sealing up job. The thing is, though... <laughs> I've been researching recently on some council websites, their advice to their tenants. And somewhere, I'd love to know where this originally came from, but they have a list of how much moisture is produced by doing various things. And one of the things they came up with is that every person who has a shower produces one and a half litres of water in the air. So I'm going to now pull out my props. So those of you who are listening to me, won't be able to see this little jam jar. <laughs> it's, a, it's a jam jar with about an eighth of the jar is well, water. I was going to say it's about a centimetre yep. of this jam jar yep. is water. Now, that's 140 millilitres water. I've got a little shower room, OK? So we put a little shower room in our house. It's two metres by two metres. You walk in, it's a shower. Two metres by two Mine metres. Mine too. And... I calculated using the instruments that we have in damp detectors, and I hate to plug that one, is the fact that (laughs) (laughs) I monitored how much moisture was physically in the air when it was 100% saturated while I'm having a shower. Because my shower doesn't have any windows and it doesn't have any extractor fans and it doesn't have condensation, it doesn't have mould. And we've been there four years. So the point is, there we are. Here's a little jam jar. And it shows you 140 millilitres of water. Now, that's the amount. Now, according to the council websites, I'm now lifting up <laughs> a two-litre bottle of water. Two-thirds of that is water. Yeah. Now, there's no way that a shower two metres by two metres can physically have that amount of water in the air. Even if you went into the Malaysian jungle at 30 degrees C and it's 100%, Humidity. you still won't have that amount of water. The point is, I actually then sat down, out of interest, to calculate how big the room would have to be to hold one and a half litres of water. And it works out at 25 degrees centigrade, the room would have to be eight metres by five metres. Now, I've measured my house, and that would take out my lounge, my dining room, and half my kitchen. That's my whole ground floor. (laughs) So that's a pretty good shower room. Where would you find a shower room that size? Probably in Buckingham Palace, but you wouldn't find it in my street. So that is a completely wrong fact. And the other experiment I did was I simply showered. I put these little loggers, one in the shower and one one metre outside the shower in the hallway. So upstairs in the landing. Yeah. So have my shower. And we did this for four days. And in the graph, you can quite happily see that the graph goes hurtling up very, very wet when I have my shower. Then I open the door and leave the door open. And there's no windows. There's no extractor fans in my shower. So all that wet air is now coming into my house. Okay. Well, the logger, one metre outside the shower, shows a little peak and then it drops straight back down again and disappears. So the point is, you see, what we're saying is, and here I'm holding up my little honey jar again, this tiny amount of water in a tiny area can be significant. But if I 
then open the door and I'm now exposing this tiny amount of water to my three bedrooms, the landing, downstairs, the lounge, the dining room, the kitchen. Yeah. It's nothing. It has no effect whatsoever so that, on the moisture level in the house. So that's how you keep your space, which, as you say, has no window nope. or extractor fan. Nope. But that just by opening the door... I open the door. You don't get and I don't condensation. Get or condensation, because it dries out incredibly rapidly. But I do do one thing in the evenings. What we do is we dump our air. So I open a window in the bedroom, and I open a window on the other side of the house for two minutes and remove all the wet air that we've done with our washing, our drying, drying clothes, you know, in the winter. Whatever. Our last house was a little bungalow. And just an experiment, I got eight pullovers, got them all wet in the washing machine, hung them out to dry on a little frame in one of the bedrooms. Ah, right, that was my next question, was about whether you can dry stuff indoors. Go on. Did it. I dried it in this room, double glazed window, shut the door, and next morning went in and all the pullovers were dry and there was no condensation on the window. And we're back again to the original talk about sealing up or releasing the pressure. Yep. But every house that I'm in, the pressure can be released because I know how to release it. I know what to look for to make sure. And our problem is in sealing up our houses, as you quite rightly said, they built a house 100 years ago. And then over the years, we raise the path a bit. Somebody comes in and says, I'd love to have a patio. So they build a patio. Or I've got a garden at the front. I need to park my car. So we'll knock the wall down. Concrete it. Concrete it. Bring the car in. And you see, if you go to London, they're going down level upon level upon level. And they get to the Middle Ages. So they get to the Middle Ages. (laughs) They get to the Roman times. They're Romans. And then we each generation goes up a few mil you'll never find that we're actually going down you'll never see our cities sinking our cities are constantly building up and up and up and up so this is what we do with our houses the council will come along outside and repair the pavement they won't take the pavement back down to where it was they'll add tarmac along the top so everything goes up higher and higher and higher and so in the end we start going over the damp proof course we start creating suffocating the house yes that's it we start creating our own problems and this is us just simply adding things all the time yeah simple really (laughs) it is isn't it robert another probably a fallacy is that putting furniture next to a wall will cause condensation behind that furniture Uh, fallacy is the right word for that one thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's another one that lots of people even using thermal cameras have looked at the walls and gone, well, when you put a piece of furniture next to a wall, that bit of wall is not as warm as the other bits of wall. You know, you're not allowing the air to go around the back. Okay. But we're missing the elephant in the room again. The thing is, if you put dry furniture next to a dry wall in a dry house with dry air, you're not going to get mould or condensation. The elephant in the room is moisture. And it's all down to the amount of moisture. We've got furniture up against walls. One of the things we do when we're doing surveys is we pull furniture away. If somebody says, oh, my house buyer surveyor has come along and stuck his meter on the wall and said, oh, that wall is wet, the my meter is singing its head off, we'll take the furniture away and actually just check the furniture because sometimes you'll get house buyer surveyors, their meter 
will hit something on a wall and it will go, oh, this wall's wet. Yeah. Pull the furniture away. The furniture tells you if the wall's wet or not. Because if the wall's wet, it cools the air down and therefore it can create condensation behind the furniture and therefore the furniture absorbs it and you start to see mold on the back of the furniture. So as far as having furniture next to a wall, the question would be, why is my furniture getting wet? Is it because the air is wet or is it because the wall is wet? And you may not notice that the wall is wet, but the wall might just be physically wet. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Robert, thank you so much. That's right, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, if you want to be part of the next podcast, email your questions to robert at dampdetectives.co.uk. The Damp Detectives podcast was presented by John Isles. Copyright Damp Detectives, produced by Fresh Air Studios. Was wet. Yeah. Pull the furniture away. The furniture tells you if the wall's wet or not. Because if the wall's wet, it cools the air down, and therefore it can create condensation behind the furniture, and therefore the furniture absorbs it, and you start to see mold on the back of the furniture. So, as far as having furniture next to a wall, the question would be: Why is my furniture getting wet? Is it because the air is wet? Or is it because the wall is wet? And you may not notice that the wall is wet, but the wall might just be physically wet. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Robert, thank you so much. That's right, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, if you want to be part of the next podcast, email your questions to robert at dampdetectives.co.uk. The Damp Detectives podcast was presented by John Isles. Copyright Damp Detectives, produced by Fresh Air Studios. Thank you.